This is Joanna DeCellis, editor of Club & Resort Chef. In this episode of Club & Resort Talks, we're chatting with Colby Newman, executive chef of Gross Point Yacht Club, located near Detroit in Gross Point Shores, Michigan. Chef Newman was actually one of the first chef bloggers we ever had with Club & Resort Chef, almost five years ago. I remember the first time I reached out to him for an interview about an event I had seen that he posted on Facebook, I think it was. And his enthusiasm and eagerness to contribute to our publication, this industry, it was overwhelming. As a chef, he is remarkable. As a person, he's even more inspiring. The past few years, he's really come into his own and is now focused on what matters most. Thanks for joining us today, Chef. Tell us a little bit about your background and what brought you to Gross Point Yacht Club. Well, my background is, uh, is a little different than most chefs, but probably very similar uh, at the same time. I, uh, I've always loved food, but I, I never really knew that I wanted to be a cook or a chef until, until I kind of fell into my lap, you know, after college, in middle of college, it, it just kind of happened. I, uh, I actually was going to play uh, college basketball and ended up blowing my knee up and just attending regular college uh, after having a scholarship for a year. And my roommate, my best friend, um, got spinal cancer and, and passed away very abruptly. And my dad came and said, you know, is this, what do you want to do with your life? What, where do you want to go? What, what, what are your dreams? And I, I didn't have an answer, but out of nowhere, without even thinking about it, uh, cooking came up. So actually a week later, this was in Missouri, a week later we met in Scottsdale, Arizona, and uh, took a tour of the culinary school and a month later, I was attending. So um, it was a very, a very funny and fast start to to culinary school. But once I got there, uh, it just came very, very natural to me. Uh, school wasn't always my favorite, um, my favorite thing. But once I got into culinary school, working with my hands and just really um, understanding food and diving into history of it and and uh, learning about techniques, I, I just became fascinated. Uh, after school, I ended up staying and, and helping uh, TA. I was a teacher assistant at the restaurant at the end of the program and just really, really loved uh, working with the students and the camaraderie and just the whole way of, of kitchen life. So after that, I went and worked in a, a whole bunch of restaurants. And I won't bore you with all those details, but I did work for a stint with Lydia Vistanovich in Kansas City and uh, really, really got an understanding of how a professional kitchen ran and uh, almost just became obsessed with it. Um, went on to own a small Asian restaurant and um, got into some wine bars. And really, I just, every time I would, I would do anything, I, I wanted more, uh, whether it was Italian and French or Asian. And, and it, uh, Country Club just seemed like it made so much sense to me because there was just so many outlets for any type of food. So I was actually in Texas, and I got the job at the Amarillo Country Club and was just fascinated by all the outlets, all the different types of food from uh, fine dining to, you know, grilling, barbecue, as we know Texas is known for, um, and just really fell in love with the culture of, of club uh, cuisine and, and being a, a club chef. Um, you know, shortly thereafter, I had the opportunity to uh, check out Gross Point Yacht Club up here in Michigan. And uh, just what a beautiful place and just very, very rich tradition. And it is, it is, it is a very food-forward club, and uh, the members really, really appreciate their dining. So I ended up taking that job and moving my family up to Michigan. So 
that's kind of how I ended up here. Yeah. So we first met while you were at Amarillo and you've been a blogger for us ever since. So it's been great kind of watching your career unfold and see how how you continue to grow. Tell us a little bit about how Gross Point has changed since you've come on. You know, both physically at the club and Detroit as a city. And I don't I don't want to go into this without without bringing up how important it is that Detroit has, has come to where it is as a food city. One of the top 10 in the country right now, if you ask me. So the overall aspect of food in, in Detroit has brought a lot of people up to date with what's going on in the national food scene. So what we've had to do here at Gross Point Yacht Club is, is stay with the trends, get back into really coming up with ways we can, we can kind of lure people back out of Detroit into the Yacht Club. GM left uh, shortly after I arrived, and it put me in a situation where they weren't going to hire a new one for a few months, and this happened to be September going into a busy holiday season. So a lot of people can look at that as a very uh, negative and get down, and I really looked at it as a positive and thought that I could, if I could get through this and work and kind of institute my own culture in the kitchen, then, then it could really turn into a positive. Shortly thereafter, after the new year, we did hire a new GM, Aaron Wagner, and it, it just, it, our relationship has been unbelievable. Uh, later on, we, we uh, end up promoting within uh, food and beverage uh, with the gentleman, Joe Hoach, who has been here for over 40 years. So with the three of us alone in food and beverage, we have just started this, this culture of, um, of dining, of service, of just rejuvenating uh, this, this whole entire club when it comes to uh, the food scene. So it, it's really awesome to see what's going on in Detroit right now, but it's also really cool to see what's going on at the club and, and the direction that we're, uh, that we're taking it. Yeah, it sounds like Gross Point is kind of parallel to the way that Detroit is kind of evolving and coming back into its own. Gross Point is as well. That's really interesting. So you've had a pretty busy summer, right? Tell us a little bit about what's been going on at the club this past summer. Yeah, summer is a very, very time uh, at the Yacht Club. The, the boats come in and the, and the well's still up, and there's just a resurgence of life here at the club. Um, we are turning into a, a year-round club, and it is, is really cool to see that, that forming, but the summer is definitely just a remarkable time. Um, you know, the, the club is actually on an island, and it, it has a, a moat, if you will, that, that brings cars and people across. So we are completely surrounded by water. So it's just one of the prettiest places on, on earth. And, and my office actually, I'm actually sitting in my office right now looking out and watching both sit by um, as we're talking. But we've got a lot of stuff going on. We had a lot of stuff going on this summer. We actually um, housed one of the uh, largest junior sailing programs in the United States. Um, so we built a marine activity center, which is located uh, furthermost away from the club on the docks where uh, they, they house their their uh, their kids' children's sailboats all the way up to the big ones, and they, and they do a ton of classes. Um, we have a ton of regattas going on during the summer. Um, we also have added on the opposite side of the uh, property, we put in a family activity center where they updated everything, put all new tennis courts in, pickleball, um, bocce ball, uh, even a little basketball, a playscape, and uh, a, a pretty decent-sized splash pad. So as soon, we don't have a very large property, but as soon as you are on the property, um, you can really you can really tell that, that things are changing, especially this summer. Uh, we've really put a lot of force into becoming a, a family-friendly 
um, club, and it's it's just really taking off. I mean, there's just on such a small piece of property, it's amazing by all the stuff you can do. It's not really summer related, but we redid all of the the bowling alley downstairs to to really accommodate the uh, winter months, and it, it actually draws people in in the summer as well because they're already here. Uh, so there's a lot of stuff going on uh, this summer. What about from a food and beverage standpoint? What what kind of food are you now serving if you've got all of this kind of change in the club? You've got more families coming and new outlets and new spaces. So what's been going on from, from a culinary standpoint? Yeah, that's just, I mean, the answer is evolution because uh, you go from just doing straight up banquets and all the cart to really uh, having to have you know, distribution all over the property. So we have the ground shop that uh, supplies, you know, i.e. beer and wine and water to boaters. Well, we decided why not, you know, put in uh, ready-to-eat food and sell it out of the grog shop. So everything from sandwiches and salads, uh, quick snacks, um, and it took off. It was, it was a very huge success. So next to that is, is the pool, and we have a uh, Harborside Grill that um, – that, you know, we, we do a lot of uh, just basic concessions, uh, burgers, you know, tuna nachos, stuff like that. And then right down below that is uh, actually they have built me a small uh, smoker pad where I have housed a, a large smoker and we put in a 12 pizza pizza oven um, that it, it opens during the summer and then will close um, shortly when the weather gets worse. So, there's just food uh, flying around everywhere here at the club. <laughs> That's great. So you have not just had a busy year professionally, but personally, too. You've actually contributed a few blogs about some of the big things that have happened with your wife and your own health. How is everybody doing now? Yeah, everybody's doing great. So it's, you know, for those of you who don't know, my wife had uh, open-heart surgery a year ago next month, and um, she's doing fantastic, uh, completely hundred percent, uh, back to normal. Um, but at that same time, we had a one-year-old son. And, uh, so it's, it, our hands have been full, um, to say the least. I actually had an emergency surgery for my appendix on Easter, the day after Easter. I thought I was just, uh, working on a few too many hours that weekend, but it turned out to be my appendix was about ready to burst. So I had emergency surgery. So we've had some, we've had some, uh, medical, medical problems, but everybody's doing great. Everybody's doing really good. Wonderful. You've also had a lot of personal changes in your life. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, sure. So I, I just, I think, I think the best way to describe personal changes for me is just the awareness of, you know, how important health is, uh, you know, and it started with my wife getting sick. Um, you don't really think about it. Uh, until, you know, maybe it's too late. Well, it's, it's not too late. So I, I just, I, I looked, I stepped back and I looked at it and just realized how important, you know, personal health is and how, you know, mental, physical, spiritual, whatever the health is, is, is so important. So, you know, I, I did make some changes in my life. Um, my wife, my wife is an ex uh, professional ballet dancer. So she's, she's pretty much exercise is already her thing and uh, diet. So, you know, as chefs, we probably don't eat the best. The stress level is probably extremely too high, and we probably don't sleep right. A lot of people will also use that stress for vices as far as alcohol or drugs or who knows what else. But there's just a lot of, a lot of bad negative things that come out of this job if you let it. So I really, I really wanted to change that. So 
you know, I started a, a morning ritual of a little uh, meditation. Uh, I cut alcohol out of my out of my diet. I've changed my diet a little bit more, a lot more uh, vegetables and and less protein, um, and I just really, really uh, uh, changed my life. I, I I couldn't be more happy, and it's it's made me a lot more clear uh, minded when it comes to work. Uh, the stress seems to be um, a lot less, uh, you know, just so strong in my life. It's, it just kind of comes and goes and, and it doesn't take control. And uh, it's just crazy how a little, you know, self-improvement, self, self-awareness self can really change your life. I, I, I've been reading a lot about it lately. And, and, you know, I think a national would be Sean Brock. Uh, Chef Sean Brock is, is, is really, you know, he had to make some change as far as for his life. Uh, pretty dramatically as far as um, becoming sober and just really changing his life. Because I think, you know, as he, as he mentions, he was heading down a, a dark hole. But what he's doing right now is just really uh, starting or, or, or participating in a movement that really shows that, you know, chefs don't have to uh, live the way that we have for so long and, and don't have to uh, act that way. Um, you know, starting in the morning with, with a little, you know, meditation and, and eating right just alone, uh, can really start your day in, in the right way. Um, you know, he mentioned, he mentioned somewhere, I don't remember where it was. He's talking about how, uh, the clarity that comes along with self care, his self care routine, you know, allows him to stand in the middle of the kitchen chaos and remain peaceful and calm. And I know that sounds corny and cheesy, but it, it's just so true. Um, so yeah, there's, there's been a lot of changes, a lot of changes. Yeah. And so you've also mentioned in prior conversations about how that piece has allowed you to kind of let go of some of the demand and the, the need to always be a part of every single thing and to trust your team more. Tell us a little bit about how this has kind of helped you as a chef letting go. Yeah, I think I, I, that's, that's fantastic. I, I, I was probably like a lot of chefs, especially, you know, um, with so many outlets and, and so much going on that, you know, you felt like you had to control everything. You felt like you had to touch everything. Um, and it's, it, it couldn't be furthermore from the truth. It's, it's, it, it's taken me a lot, a lot of time and a lot of, uh, conversations with people that are a lot smarter than I am to realize that, um, you know, handing down some of that, um, the responsibilities and holding people accountable can, can just make everything from the cooking to the dishwashing to the, whatever it is, just a hundred times better. So, you know, the first thing you have to do is surround yourself with people that, that, you know, have the same passion and and people that you trust. That's probably the most important thing. Um, But on top of that, you have to kind of step back and and make sure that they're trained and, and understand what they're, what they're supposed to be doing, but, but actually step back and allow them to do that. And that, that was a really hard part for me at first. And, um, you know, cause you just, you just want to kind of push them out of the way and show them, show them that you can do it and, and your way's better. And it, it's just, it's really not healthy. So I've, I've tried to surround myself with, uh, with very, very passionate and, and people that, you know, have the same vision as I do. And I try to allow them to do that. Um, and, and I try to do that for them as well. Um, you know, all the way from my executive sous chef down to my AM sous chef, all the way down to dishwashers. We really try to support one another. And that's one thing that we've done here is create a culture that, you know, allows them to, uh, not only help each other, 
But on top of that, they grow. And then by doing, by allowing them to say, you know, have an idea for a menu, um, and maybe it doesn't get on the menu right away, but you work with them, and, and two weeks later, next thing you know, it's on the specials menu, and that particular item is is selling out, and all of a sudden they have ownership, and they really feel good about what's going on. Um, and, and once I saw that, and you know, I I love teaching guys how to cook, guys and girls. I love I love that. And when when you let them teach themselves and just kind of help them along the way, it's just something so special to be a part of. Um, so it, it trickles all the way down to that scenario by just letting go a little bit, trusting the people that you have in the right position. And then the biggest thing is just holding people accountable if they don't do the right things. Uh, you know, our, our management group here uh, works a program called EOS. And basically it's a manage, uh, manager uh, uh, program that um, – Basically, it's just a structure for accountability. And, you know, you make these trees um, of, of structure of, you know, let's say from the GM down to me, down to Executive Sue, and on. And those people are accounted, accountable for the people below them. And when someone can actually see, you know, A, who their boss is, or B, what they're supposed to be doing, it really, it really helps the situation and, and, and paints a very clear picture of what's supposed to happen and you'd be surprised just how, how it all comes together by doing that. What do you hope other chefs can learn from the past experiences you've had this year? I just think that health in all ways are so important. Um, you know, taking care of yourself. You know, I, I, I also think that just the importance of family, of friends, of, of living outside the kitchen. I, I just, if someone were, to have at least told me that when I was a young cook and, and at least planted that seed for me, um, I would have been so, um, so grateful because, you know, I, I come from those kitchens that it's just put your head down and work as hard as you can for as long as you can and you'll succeed. And don't get me wrong. Those, I mean, that, that works, but, but just the advice of, Hey, that work shouldn't be the number one priority in your life over your family, your wife, your kids, uh, your mother, your dad, whatever it is, it should be the other way around. And, and don't get me wrong. Work is, is, is my favorite. It's my favorite place to be, but spending time with my son. I mean, there's, you know, there's a saying if it, you give me my wife and my son and a patch of grass and I'm happy. So that, that would be the advice that I, I would even give myself 20 years ago. So that's what I hope people get out of this. It's just, you never know what's going to happen the next day. So really spend time with the people, you know, that you care about, take care of yourself and be happy. That's the biggest thing. Well, thank you so much for your time today, chef. It's been a pleasure speaking with you. Yeah. Thank you for having me. It's been a blast. For more podcasts, check out our site, www.clubandresortchef.com. 